Hello, you're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim. It's Tuesday, December 3rd, 2019, about five days after Turkey Day, and I think I'm just about to escape my food coma. Getting close, at least. So if you're listening on a different day, well, that means this has been pre-recorded and re-aired. Hi, I'm your host, Greg McKim, and on this show we talk about just about anything that has to do with owning a home. For instance, buying and selling homes, flipping homes, buying homes as rentals, financing homes, insuring homes, building homes, remodeling homes. If it's an HOA or single-family home, a high-rise or a triplex, we talk about it. I've worked in real estate in some sort of fashion since the late 70s, starting out as a laborer and a, con- and a, and a, and a carpenter or home builder. I've been in the mortgage business since 1991. I owned a mortgage company. I am currently a licensed loan originator with Legacy Group Capital here in Bellevue, Washington. My originator license number is 106202, and Legacy Group Capital license is 99045. I'm also a licensed real estate broker with Rockwell Realty based out of Seattle. The goal of this show is to help consumers make good financial decisions about buying and owning homes. And today, I have my guest, Scott Riraka, who is the CEO of Capital Legacy Group Capital, where I started working a few months back. You may recall that we had him on the show November 12th, giving an overview of what Legacy Group Capital offers, what sort of business we're in. Today, we're going to get a little bit more detail, more specific about the types of loan programs we offer at Legacy, things that you generally can't find anywhere else. Of course, we're going to talk about how that might benefit you or somebody else you know, keeping in mind that um, you can call in if you have any questions or you want to comment, you can call at 425-373-5527. Again, 425-373-5527. And you can reach me off air on my cell at 206-250-6545. Or reach me at Greg M, that's G-R-E-G-M, at LegacyG.com. Or you can go to our website, LegacyG.com. So welcome to the show. Look forward to your calls. And Scott, say hello. Thank you very much, Greg. Happy to be here. Good to be back. And you're done with your food coma, too. I'm done with my food coma. Did you go into one? A little bit. A little bit. And then had to get on the treadmill after that. It was uh-huh. okay. How about, how about you, Nathan? You know, I tried not to give myself too much of a food coma because I had to still work the evening here on Thanksgiving. Ah. But once I got home, I could say I slept pretty well. Yeah. Once or twice a year, I use that as an excuse, you know, <laughs> just, just to veg out. So one of the things I like to do before I start in with my guests is just to give you a quick overview of the interest rate environment. And it hasn't changed much in the last month, staying about the same, keeping in mind that rates have dropped roughly a half percent since the beginning of the year. I don't see any definite direction up or down in the near future. I would say that rates are going to stay at these lows for the next three to four months. Of course, I don't have a crystal ball. If I did, then I probably would be living on the island that I owned. But um, I would say if you're refinancing or buying a house right now, this is a great time to do it. In fact, if you're a home buyer, going into the winter months is a great time to buy because most people aren't thinking about buying during that time, so a little bit less competition. On the downside, a little bit less inventory, too, because sellers typically don't want to sell during that time frame. But this is a good time to be out looking to buy. 
So, Scott, we're going to talk about three main types of loans we offer at Legacy. Absolutely. And some specific examples of some some things you've actually done for people that maybe yes. you just can't find anywhere else. Yeah. Well, first of all, going back to our last conversation, uh, Greg, we talked a little bit about the private lending platform and how it's different from conventional lending, which is typically what you'd go in and get you know, bank financing for. And all related, again, we're talking about loans all related to real estate and homes. And, you know, at Legacy Group Capital, we have a, a little bit of a different platform. It is, it is considered a private lending platform. And what that really means is that we go out and we raise our own money, uh, different than the banks would go out and get money. And we have investors that invest money with us, and we turn around and we lend their money out. And one of the benefits for doing it that way is that we kind of get to create our own rules uh, on what, how we're going to lend and what we're going to do. Uh, which is quite different from the banking environment, which those guidelines are decided for them, usually by outside markets that buy loans. And so when you're a private portfolio lender like we are, you get to create your own programs and your own guidelines, which sometimes will really fit with individuals out there that are looking for specific types of loans. One of our, our target markets is helping investors buy real estate. And there are some niche lending. We call it niche lending, which, again, is a little different than the banks and that we do and provide to these investors to help them facilitate buying properties and making money off them. And so I thought today it would be a good idea. We talk about a couple of those loan programs and how they work and why somebody would use them and what the benefit of a, a private lender really is. And so I think first and foremost, you know, what, where we could start out with is on what we call a rehab loan, which is most investors would understand that as a fix and flip type of loan. So, Greg, this is for uh, the investor that's going out there and looking for a piece of real estate that might be distressed, uh, might not be in good condition. It's a fixer. And they're going to, they have a plan and strategy that they're going to put a certain amount of dollars into it and make it look nice and turn around and market it for sale for profit. And so that's a, that's a big portion of a type of loan that we, we may do. And the reason that can be challenging for investors is if they go to a bank and they're looking for this kind of fix and flip type of loan, a lot of times the banks aren't going to lend on that kind of a property because they're lending on a property that's not in a condition that's acceptable to them. And so a lot of times those kind of loans don't make it through the system. They get declined because of the uh, property, the appraisals, the condition of the property. They want really good collateral. Well, we understand what the investors are doing. And so we're there to help them lend money. And we look at more of what this will be as an end value. Once they go in and they fix it up and put some money into it, how will this property really look? What will it be worth? So when an investor comes to us, we're not as concerned about what the property is today. We're more concerned about what the property will look like tomorrow after everything's done. And in fact, when someone uh, asks us for a loan or applies for a loan this way, we will appraise a property based on the fact like the work has already been done, even though it hasn't been done, because we really want to know what that end value is. And so this loan is set up for a person to come in and first acquire the property. So we make a loan to them. They put some money down, and then we make a loan, and they acquire the property. 
And then let's say, for example, we have somebody that wants to put $100,000 into fixing up of a property. And we will have a loan that, that is there in the beginning for them to acquire. And then we will go ahead and they will give us a scope of work that they want to get done on the property. Maybe one is redoing a kitchen, maybe adding a bathroom, maybe those kinds of things, painting the entire house, putting a new roof on, all those kinds of things. And they will basically give us a list, of a cost breakdown of what they want to do. And then as they start phasing through the work and they hire a contractor to come in, we'll do a few draw requests through the process and we'll give them money back as they go that they can pay their contractor with. And that's all a part of the loan. And at the end of the day, they have acquired a property. They have put a number of dollars into it and we've lent them, you know, could be up to 80% of what that property uh, and, the, and the job actually cost. And then they turn around and they go ahead and try to sell that property for profit. And that's mainly how, how the process works. But there's a couple really inherent benefits that they'll have by coming to Legacy for a project like this. And one is the money is a lot quicker than going to a bank. So because we're local, we do everything in the Seattle market. We know the Seattle market very well. Uh, we have our we have our own staff that processes everything right there. Everything is in house uh, that we do on the project. We can respond quickly, so they can come in and close on properties a lot quicker than if you were going through a bank. And then on top of that, we work with them on finishing up the property and fixing it up. And we take a look when they submit their plans to us on, on what they're going to do. Not only do we appraise the property to tell them, hey, after you're done with this, fixing the bathroom and, and adding a bedroom and fixing the roof and redoing the hardwood floors, here's probably what your property is going to be worth because, A, we've appraised it, and, B, we do this all the time. So we, we can give them a good indication of how they're going to be looking on their exit strategy for that, for that deal. And so our clients really appreciate the fact that not only do they get a loan from us to do something like this, but they get our advice and opinion because we're only going to lend them money if we think it's going to work. Well, tell me, tell, tell the audience, not me. I've heard this story before. Yeah. Recently, you had somebody come in, a real estate team. Uh-huh. I think husband and wife, right? Yes. They're both real estate agents? Yes. And they, they were excited because they thought they'd found a gold mine. Yep. Something that That's they could true. turn and flip, make a bunch of money off fast. Absolutely. Tell that story because I think this is really indicative of the type of mentality we have about treat, how we treat people. Yeah. So we, we had a couple, a uh, married couple that, you know, she was a real estate agent and he was a builder and a project manager for a large local builder. And one of his dreams was to really go out on his own and, and kind of do his own thing. And so he thought he would slowly get into doing his own thing by doing a couple of fix and flips because he understood construction really well. And his, his wife could go out and find the property because she was a real estate agent. So they kind of always had their ear to the ground and, and finding good deals. And so they had found us and, 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 and they had seen what our process was. And they had decided they wanted to work with us uh, when they found some real estate so that we could lend them the money to complete their projects. And they looked for weeks and weeks and they finally came up with this one property that they had found. And they brought it to us with a whole plan of what they were going to do to the property and how they were going to fix it, how much they needed to borrow. And so we sat down with them and we went over the whole deal. And these are very good qualified people. Obviously, him being a builder, he knows what he's doing. She being a real estate agent, she should know the real estate market pretty well. 
And so we took a lot, look at their cost breakdown and their project. And, you know, as we evaluated it, we ran an appraisal, but we also gave them our opinion. And our opinion was that they were, A, overbuilding for the neighborhood, meaning they were making their house too nice for the neighborhood because mm-hmm. the neighborhood could only support a certain amount of value. And that their cost that they were going to, you know, for what they were going to do, we, we felt like their cost was a little bit below what it would actually cost them to, to complete the work, which we've done on hundreds of deals. We've seen all kinds of people. So we know what it costs to redo a kitchen and redo a bathroom and put in new hardwoods. We know per foot the cost. And they seem to be, you know, on the low side on their budget. So we beefed up their budget a little bit. We also evaluated the neighborhood. And by the time we were done, you know, they came back in to find out if they were going to get the loan. And we said, well, you know, there's good news and there's bad news. Uh, the bad news is, is that we're not going to give you the loan. The good news is, if we did give you the loan, we don't believe that you're going to make any money. And they said, well, why not? So we walked through our thought process. And by the time we were done, they agreed with us. And so what did they do? They turned around. They were a little dejected. They left our office and they went back out onto the street. And a week later, they found another one that they brought back in. And this was a good one. And we are lending to them on it. And they're actually working on that project probably right now today. Yeah. Uh, but this is one where they, they, they had bought it right and it was in the right area. And it had. So the one thing that they really thanked us for is that they were grateful for the fact that they looked at us like a business partner. Not only were we lending them money, we're helping them with their project and underwrite. Yeah, because you could have done that first loan and still made a profit, because, but they would have broke even if, or maybe lost a little bit. So how does that do anybody any good? It doesn't. No. And, you know, they're relying on us and our expertise. And by the way, you know, we have responsibility in lending as well. I mean, we have a loan portfolio that we have to make sure performs. Of course. And yeah. in order to do that, you have to be sure that you're lending properly. So, you know, a lot of people look at private lenders or they call them hard money lenders. There's just people that will lend on anything as long as they know they're going to get their money back, even right. if they have to foreclose on a property. And that's just simply not the case. And it's simply not what we do. We have a number of great clients that come back to us and, uh, and a lot of builders we work with. Okay. You've, the funds have been around. You've been lending since two, 2008. Yes. You've never foreclosed ever. On a property. We've never foreclosed on a property. We've had a couple deals, especially back in 2008, where builders had some trouble that we were lending to and we needed to work out of a few deals, but we worked with them, not against them, and got through them and they actually sold them. And so it's, it's, again, it's a little different than a bank. You know, if you have a construction loan or a rehab loan with a bank and you have a problem and all of a sudden the market is dipping you know, banks will call those loans due. Oh, yeah. I remember when that happened back in 2008, 9, 10. Yeah. I mean, and the reason is it's not that banks don't want to work with you, but the banks are regulated by the federal government. Cash reserve requirements and things that they don't have any, they don't have any say over. They have to do it. And, you know, at the end of the day, the banks can be told what to do and they have to do it. Mm -hmm. And so that's a little different than us. And so that's why a lot of people like working with us, again, as not just a lender, but a business partner. I'd like to make some distinctions here for the listening audience. There are rehab loans available from standard lenders, Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, but those are exclusively for people who are going to live in the property. Those are owner-occupied loans. The type of loan that you're talking about is for an investor, somebody that wants to go out and make a profit off of buying and fixing up and selling a house. It is. It's for investors, but yeah. we also do owner-occupied you do, loans as well. What makes us unique is that there's unless you talk to another private money lender, and yeah. there are, we do have competition, yeah. the standard bank's not going to do that. Correct. Washington Federal has an, a rehab loan, but they don't do it unless you are living in the property. 
Right. That's correct. Yeah, and of course they have all the other regulations. Um, now, when you do a one of the things you mentioned, which is don't overbuild for the neighborhood. This is an old real estate rule. Mm-hmm. If anything, you want to buy the least attractive, lowest price house in our neighborhood. Yes. Because all the other houses bring your value up. If you overbuild or have the most expensive, nicest, biggest, most lavish home in a neighborhood, all the other homes bring your value down because neighborhoods have an influence on the value of any specific individual property. Absolutely. Now, when you get an appraisal, you you work with third-party appraisers who you contract with as a general rule? To yes. Get, like, in this case, did you get an appraisal on that, that the that, that the 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 potential the husband-wife team paid for the appraisal, and then you said, here's the appraisal, here's our opinion, we don't think this makes sense. Did they have to pay for that appraisal out of their pocket? Is that in how it works? In this case, uh, in some cases, the answer would be yes. Okay. In this case, the answer was no because we knew the area very, very well. Right. And we evaluated it first ourselves, which we do with any deal. Before we order appraisals, before we order credit reports on people, before we do any of that, mm-hmm. we're evaluating the deal. And in this case, we knew it well enough. Well, this is one of the things that I find so unique about, and one of the reasons I came to work at Legacy, mm-hmm. is the, the team that we have that can do things that you can't. I don't know any place else that does it. Right. The example being, I'll, I, I, it's, I had a client that was looking to list a property in Crown Hill, that property was in an area that Seattle had upzoned. That means they, they said, okay, we're going to make this a denser area in order to develop an urban village yep. community. And um, they're having problems with this property being listed and sold. And I brought it in to one of our staff members. And within 30 minutes, he had laid out the whole, everything about that property. Uh, and we found out a, a big surprise about it that the listing broker, and I'm not going to name the person, is yep. a professional, didn't have a clue about. He's yeah. been, he'd been in the business for years, had a great reputation. He didn't know about this very specific factor that made that property about $300,000 less than he thought it was worth. That's correct. And, 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 and Alex figured it out in, in like an hour. Right, right. Well, actually, Greg, it's, it's, it's interesting because this happens a lot more than you think. I'm, I'm not surprised. Yeah. And so we right now, you know, I, I know I kind of accentuated the point that we're a business partner with our investors and our builders and our borrowers, our people that come in to borrow with Let's us. Let's just right? say right now that I, I wasn't working at Legacy. Yeah. And I'm a real estate broker. Yeah. And I wanted to try and figure out whether my client, what the market value of that property is. And I'm off by $300,000. Right. And you came along and said, Greg, I can, we can help you as you look for properties and try to develop them. And we can, we can save you not only looking like a fool in front of your client, mm-hmm. we can also save you a lot of time and energy up front. What a fantastic resource. It's absolutely. And, and so, Remarkable. yeah, the point is not only do we work with all those clients and help them, we also work with the real estate agent community. Yeah. And we have many of them that call us and they'll have a property. Uh, I, we had one the other day. It was on Capitol Hill. And there's a big, huge tree in the middle of this lot. And there's one house on the lot. But the lot is a, is a big size lot that you could potentially build six or seven units on. And so they're trying to figure out what the value of this lot is. But nobody knows what can happen or cannot happen with this tree. So that's something that, you know, within 24 hours, we're going to be able to know exactly what can happen. And, and most, you know, to do that kind of research on your own, agents would prefer just to call us. Oh, I've tried. Yeah. Because, you know, I've been around the block a few times. Yeah. I start going in and looking. When I, when I was helping my client decide, you know, figure out some things about this up zone, 
you go, it, it's like going down the rabbit hole. Absolutely. The documentation that the city puts together, you, 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 you go in and then they say, go to this link and you go there and go back to this link. It's kind of like doing your taxes. After a while, you think that the people who designed the system are sadists. Yeah. Now, we have a person on staff that, how long did Rocky work for um, City of Seattle Permit Department? Probably six or seven years. He yeah. just knows this stuff like, yeah. you know, like the back of his hand. Yep. And then Alex knows it inside yeah. and out, too. Yeah, it's we, an amazing resource. We put a resource. team together that helps yeah. those deals, yeah, transpire so through the system. If you're if you're right, if you're a builder out there right now, or somebody who's a developer, or you're thinking about getting those fields, or even if you're a real estate broker, I'm not going to compete with you. I want to help you because it helps my company. Or if you're in the mortgage business, we're here to help you figure out ways to help your clients. We're here to help you figure out ways to buy property, hold it, buy it, fix it up, and sell it. And we have, and I've been in this business. Since the late 70s, and just about every area you can think of, I've never seen a collaboration of different uh, um, services and and, 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 and and benefits that ever. This is why I came to work here back in October, September. Yeah. Well, right. the fun thing yeah. for us is we get to help people complete real estate transactions. Yeah. And again, a lot of them are niche type of deals, but they're good deals and they're deals that should be done. The ones that aren't good, we, we don't do. And, and we do see some of those, and that, too. And that really is a benefit Absolutely. to the person because who would want to see that couple end up you know, working for three or four months and not, and not making a penny? Yes. Nobody wants to see that. No. Well, I can tell you for a fact that over 50% of the people that flip homes don't make money on the oh, flip. Oh, I know because I know a lot of people in that business. Yeah. So it's a, it's a difficult business. Mm-hmm. You have to buy a property right in the beginning. Then you better have some really good contractors and work set up, and you better have really good uh, controls on your costs. And you you got to be in that business. There's a lot of people that jump in that thinks it's easy, and it's not easy. Well, even people know what they're doing. I had an example two years ago of a person that really knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And he his cost overruns. He was. He figured he'd buy this property and be into it with everything finished out the doorway to sell at one point five million. Yep. He ended up at about two point one six hundred thousand over. He still made a, a decent profit because he yep. sold it over three million. But here's a guy that's in the business knows six hundred thousand, and it was it was a difficult property, lots of different foundation issues and yeah. slope issues. But he's somebody who knows what he's doing. He's off by six hundred thousand. Absolutely. And there's things like right now when you're in the building trade, and you know, you can't find anybody because they're all so busy, mm-hmm. and that 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 time costs money. Absolutely, it's not just the cost overruns. It's when you you can't get anybody out there to do the job, and you have another mortgage payment. Absolutely, you have another tax payment. Yep. Or you say, I'll pay you extra because I need you to get it done. It's a tough business. It is. It is. And and part of the advantage and the reason people need to have a relationship like Legacy is. One of our strongest uh, things that we offer our clients is that we're we're quick about what we yeah. do. And in this market, if you're not quick, if you don't have access to quick money, the deals just typically are not going to be there for well, you. Well, the other ones where how come somebody else is able to get it? Exactly. Because <laughs> they had money and they had it faster than you. And they also knew what they could do with it. This mm-hmm. is the challenge. You come into a property, you think it's a good deal. Yeah. And then you got to dig around for three or four days to figure out whether it really is a good deal or not. Somebody that can do it in a day, they, they're going to pick it up. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So, so one of the one of the primary uh, loans that we offer is the rehab loan. The rehab loan, which we just talked about, yeah. and uh, the next one that I'll bring up is uh, the bridge loan. 
And bridge loans are really important. And when I say bridge loan, it just means any interim financing that you put in place initially that will allow other financing or, or some event to come after that. And so it's usually, when you talk about bridge, it's something very quick. So it could be, uh, one case scenario would be, you have a builder, and he found a great property that he wants to buy that he wants to develop. And he needs to go in and he needs a loan quick to close on it, but he still has to go out and get a permit approved to go, let's say he found a property in downtown Seattle and he can build four townhomes on it. Well, that's going to take maybe nine months for him to go out and get a permit. But he needs to buy the house and he needs to buy it now because there's a bunch of other developers that are chasing the same property. Mm -hmm. And so he needs a bridge loan because he can't get a construction loan yet because- He doesn't have permits. He doesn't have a permit. They don't know for sure what he can build. Right. So those individuals come to us for bridge loans and they're quick and they're fast again because we, again, are the ones that are going to underwrite the deal. We're going to evaluate his property. We already know what he can do on his permits or not. Now, he hasn't gotten the permits, but we've done hundreds of them. We know it's viable. We know it's viable. Yep. So therefore, we can, help, we can make an educated decision on a loan. And so we go ahead and make this guy a bridge loan. And then nine months down the road, he gets his, he gets his permit. So he's going to go build his four townhomes. And now he needs a construction loan to build them. And then we usually flip our bridge loan into a construction loan. That's how it works. And then he starts building construction. But, so, but back to the bridge loan, it's an interim loan to help facilitate something else. Now, it can be for a builder. It could be for an investor that found a great deal on a property. And in order for him to get it, he's got to buy it. And it might even be a fix and flip deal. But he's got to close on it in like six days in order to get it. So he's looking for a quick interim loan. He comes and gets a bridge loan. And then he can even refinance out within a rehab loan or whatever when he has time to put his plans together and what he wants right. to do. Yeah. So those are bridge loans. And Probably what people recognize most about a bridge loan is what we call an owner-occupied bridge loan. And that's the client that is out there that wants to, they found their dream home, but yet they're living in their house and it's not even ready for sale yet. And in order to get their dream home that they just happened to find on one afternoon when they were walking the dog and they saw this beautiful yeah. open house and they went into it and they're like, oh my God, I need this home. So- they need a bridge loan because they don't have enough money in the bank to put down on this new home and buy it while holding on to their old home because, like most people, they have a bunch of equity in their old home. Right. And they, they, they don't have, they, they can't tap into that equity. So, what we do is we do a bridge loan in those situations. We call it an owner occupied bridge loan. A person can come in and they can buy a new house and we'll lend them the money to buy the new house. And this is what gets creative about bridge loans is that. A lot of times they don't have a lot of money to put down until they sell their house. So what we do is we give them a, a larger loan to go ahead and buy the house. And then we take, you know, the collateral of the loan is the house they just bought. Okay. So that we use that, we take that as collateral and we place a note and deed of trust on the house. And then we do what's called cross collateralization and we cross collateralize that loan against their original house because they haven't sold it yet. So we have one loan that on new loan for their new house, and it's tied to two properties. Okay, and the reason we do that is because we need to know that when they sell their old home and they get proceeds from that, that they're going to pay our loan down. And so that is your that is a bridge loan, and it's again banks don't do them because they don't like cross collateralizing properties. They like one loan on one property. 
because it, it, you know, the documentation, the legalities get a little more difficult. Banks would rather stay away from it. So we do a lot of that. And it helps people facilitate, because if you find your dream home, and let's say it's a hot deal, you're going to have to act on it. You don't have time to go put your house up for sale and take 60 days and sell your house and then well, go that, get it. Well, that and very few sellers like contingent offers. Mm-hmm. When, if you're competing to buy a home in this market, right, and, you're, and, and you are, everything's the same. Yes. Your offer price is the same across the board, and you're contingent. They're going to take the one that's not contingent. Yes. Because you're, 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 the sale of your home is not a guarantee for that seller. So they're worried that you're not going to be able to perform, that you're going to back out of the contract at some point. Absolutely. Two things. If you're in a hot market, you have to have access to bridge loans. Yes. You'll never get a good deal. If you're looking even not in a hot market, but you're looking for a really good deal, you're going to need to have that available as well. Yeah. If you're buying a house, the more contingencies you have, yep. the more risk you are to a seller. And so- Either they won't sell to you or they'll sell to you at a higher price because they're taking more risk. So in both scenarios, you're, 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 you have less negotiating. Now, when you do a bridge loan, Scott, or yep. we do one. Yep. Yep. We. Yeah, that's right. So I'm there. That's right. You're there. <laughs> when we do a bridge loan. When we do a bridge loan. Like I think we were talking about one today. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, does the, okay, you, you, the, the house that you're going to be living in, mm-hmm. the loan, are you making payments on that loan? Yeah. So here's the beautiful thing about a bridge loan is, you know, I know it sounds confusing because we're cross collateralizing two properties with this new loan. But we understand that when people do this, they buy a new home and they still have the old home with payments typically. with payments. Yeah, because the the original loan in the old home doesn't go anywhere. It's still there. So you're in second position on that. We're in second position on the home that they lived in before, and then we're in first position on the new home. Right. And now they have a new big home loan, so they basically all of a sudden have two home loans at the same time. And people get very stressed out about that. And even though they know, well, I'm going to sell my home in the next 60 days, but wonder if it doesn't sell, what am I going to do? Right. Right? They, They have that. And so, as we know, some homes will sell in two weeks. Some homes will sell in three months. Some homes, it might take six months. It depends on the area and the marketability, right? Yeah. So that's a big concern. So how bridge loans work is we not only put the loan on the property to buy the new one, we build in what we call interest reserves, and we build in six months. And so we tack that amount on top of the loan. So what it, let's say if somebody borrowed $500,000 for this new home, that's the loan, and let's say over the next six months they would have $20,000 of payments, they would actually be borrowing five hundred and twenty thousand, and they would make no payments during that six month period. Of course, on that's the- optional. They, if they if they feel like they can swing the payments, they can do it. But if that if they don't want to have the double payments, they can. They Most go that people route. don't want them. Most people don't. Yeah. Yeah, and so therefore, it gives you that six month breathing window where my payments aren't doubling. Yeah, and I can live through this, and hopefully, you know, I can make everything happen. And so, we do a lot of those loans. They're great loans. They're they're very safe loans, but people need to understand them. And, and how they work. Right. Yep. So rehab loans, one one area of lending we do. Yep. Bridge loans, a second area. Yes. What would be a third major category? So the third major category would be construction loans. All right. And that's and, different than a rehab because you're starting from the ground up. Yeah. So the difference between rehab and construction, rehab is you're fixing something. Construction mm-hmm. is you're, it's a ground up brand new construction. And so this could obviously be for a builder that wants to go out and build a house for spec because uh, he's going to go out and sell the house and make money off that house. So he's building a home for profit. And we call that a spec loan. 
and then it could also be for a uh, owner occupied person that has found a lot and wants to build a house on it and they find a builder and they want the builder to go build this house for them, but they need a construction loan. So they're the actual borrower because they're having a home built for them. Mm -hmm. And that's an owner occupied construction loan. And the, you know, the trick with construction loans is very rarely do I see a construction uh, project home built where uh, a builder hits right on budget. Okay, yeah. it doesn't happen very often. Yeah. And, you know, every now and then it does, but especially in the rising cost of materials and subcontractors cost so much, it's hard to get your hands around. So the, the challenge with construction loans is you, you might take nine months to build a house. And during that nine months, things are changing mm -hmm. and costs are changing. And you know what happens if all of a sudden you thought your kitchen was going to cost you $35,000 and all of a sudden now it's costing you fifty. If you're borrowing money from a bank, you got to go back to the bank. You got to explain to them what happened, why it happened. They want to see the price of materials. They want to see everything. And it takes, you know, uh, I mean, a huge action to get to get your loan program changed or revised based on the fact that your budget changed. And with us, we take a look at the whole entire budget. And you know, we might have, you know, somebody might come and say, "Hey, the kitchen just cost fifty thousand instead of thirty-five." And but they're going to say, but, you know, the electrical, we had the whole electrical redone on the house and that was supposed to cost 30, but it only cost 15 because things had changed. Right. And oh, by the way, we were going to buy that golden toilet seat, but we decided to lay off that when our costs were too high. And the other thing. So we're backed off that golden toilet seat. And that was five grand silver instead. Yeah, silver instead. And so my point is with us, we look at the big picture and we can allow change and shift and just keep on trucking. In like more of a bank situation, because banks do construction loans, it's much more rigorous to go through things and have changes. And a lot of builders hate it because they're, you know, under the microscope. And people that are, you know, homeowners that are building struggle with it, too, because you're, you're dealing with a lot of that bureaucracy that, that is tough when you're building a home. Right. And you just simply ours is a little bit more, I would say, easier from soup to nuts on that. So a little plug here. For Home Talk with Greg McKim, that's what you're listening to right now. I air on Tuesdays from 3 to 4 here on KKNW, 11.50 a.m. During the show, you can call in at 425-373-5527. So if you're out there right now and you're thinking, how could I get involved in real estate investing? Or if you're a real estate broker, you're thinking, how could I help my clients do things that I don't know where to find the money for them right now? Give us a call, and if you have a scenario you want to run by, we'll see if we can help you figure out a way to go from there. You can reach me off air to talk about any loan or real estate questions at my mobile, which is 206-250-6545. Again, 206-250-6545. Or you can reach me by email at gregm, G-R-E-G-M, at legacyg.com. Or check us out at legacyg.com. That's our website. And if, don't forget my web, my podcasts, which are on 1150kknw.com under audio archives. And I think you can find them, Nathan, correct me if I'm wrong, just about any podcast service if you just... That's correct, through Podcast One. Podcast One. I'm not very familiar with that. Podcast One. What is it? It's just kind of like a distributor. They upload it to Podcast One and they send it out to others. So right now, if somebody went to Podcast websites. One, what, dot com? Podcast One.com. And then they just put, put in Home Talk, it should come up? 
Well, it also appears on uh, iTunes and other places as well. I'm not quite too familiar with the whole list of places, but as long as they Google Home Talk with Greg McKim on KKNW, it should, should be able to find to something. And I have anything. covered lots yep. of topics since I started the show in January. So, um, Scott, construction loans, what would you say of these three main ca- categories? What's kind of your bread and butter? What do you, what do, you do the most of, or is it evenly mixed? Uh, we probably do more construction loans than not, and that's because builders, there's a huge need out there for builders that are looking for financing that are looking for flexibility and speed, Yeah, and they just can't get it. And so I would say that would be the larger side of our portfolio and we have a, you know, we have a handful, a stable, call it, of about 50 local builders that borrow most of their money with us. Mm-hmm. And they do, they come back to us because they like working with us and we know them and they know us. Yes. But for them, speed is huge because if they have to wait an extra 60 days for a loan, that's money out of their pocket because they're- Or it's a, trans, it's, or it's a, it's a deal they can't put together because somebody else Or it's a deal it. they can't put together. Right. It's one right. of the two. So, so for them, even though- our costs might be a little bit higher than a bank. It's 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 well worth it for them because they acquire deals. It's a they matter can never, of value. It is. It it's is. All, yeah. And so I think you know one of the things Greg we talked about is you know maybe we could share a couple of interesting deals here. Yeah. You know, and and I think if you're if you're a builder, if you're a real estate agent, uh, if you're a parent that would love to see your kid get a home, uh, and you've always wondered how can they possibly do it. You probably want to listen for the next few minutes here through a few scenarios that we have here. If you're any one of those people, because I'm gonna I'm gonna throw out just a couple of unique uh, transactions that we've done that will at least open your eyes up to how we lend and how we think and how it really helps people. Great. So the first loan I'm gonna talk about happened to be a construction loan, and this was a really interesting situation because we had a a gal that she was a real estate agent. And she was living in a nice area in Seattle. And there was a house at the end of the block that was being, it had been torn down and there was a new house going up. And this was a few years back now. Uh, but, but it's a good scenario because it's exactly what we're all about. So it's a good example to use. But anyways, she had noticed the house was about 50% of the way built. It was a nice house, upper end, custom home in a nice area. And so the house actually would sell for about... A million two to a million three would be the price of this house after it was fully fully completed. So anyways, you know, she was driving by it every day because it was a block down the street from her own house. And she noticed one day that, you know, the house was getting built and all of a sudden the windows looked like they were boarded up and she didn't see any workers around there. And she watched it for a few days and nobody kept showing up. And there was this big sign in front of the property that was the builder's sign that all of a sudden was torn down. And she's thinking, what's going on here? This is yeah. like right down the block from my house. And, you know, it seems strange. And so she went down one day and she found the sign that was the builder who was building the house. They put a sign up in front. It had been torn down, but she picked it up off the ground and wrote down the number. And she called up this guy, the builder. And she said, hey, I'm what's going on with this house? I haven't seen any activity. And the guy says, oh, you know, I was building out five houses in, in, in Seattle, and I've had some business problems. And anyways, uh, I gave it back to the bank. I had a loan from the bank, and I gave it back to the bank because I'm going out of business. Hmm. And she said, oh, great. So I'm going to have a half-built home sitting here down the street from me. How long is that going to be? Are you, what are you guys doing? And they said, oh, God, I, I, we don't know. This was a very large bank. They probably have hundreds of these. And so the guy's comment, uh, or the builder's comment was, you know, he wasn't going to do anything. 
But he had told her the name of the bank. Uh, and so she picked up the phone. She called the bank. And she says, hey, what is your guy's intentions towards this property? And, of course, the bank didn't even really know about the property. They had to look it up. And once they found it, they said, oh, yeah, it looks like, you know, we've taken this property back within the bank. And we'll probably figure out within the next year what to do with it. I guess it's a half-built home. And she said, yeah. And she said, well, it's in my neighborhood, and I don't want a half-built home sitting there. And so anyways, where, how the story goes— It's just a magnet for all kinds of problems. It is. Oh, yeah, it's a problem. People, it's Homeless people will yeah, jump in there. That, yeah. I mean, it's, it's got all kinds of problems. So anyways, she wanted to get rid of it, but then she started thinking, wow, this is a great area. The home's half-built. So she went to one of her clients, this real estate agent. She went to one of her builder clients, who was a guy that builds homes, and she, she told them about it. And she said, hey, maybe you can go buy it from the bank, and you can finish it, and that would help me out, and maybe the bank will sell it to you. And the agent in the back of her mind singing, and maybe I can get a commission from the bank on selling the property yeah, to you. Yeah. So anyways, they went and looked at it, and the guy really, the builder, he really liked it. He liked the property. And so anyways, wh- how this story really then wraps up is the builder tells her, I like this thing. You know, why don't you know, call the bank and find out what they'd sell it to me for? So here's the, the details from the bank. The bank, the, the bank had lent already, at this time, they had lent $800,000 out on this property. Between the land, uh, it was, was, I think, five hundred, and then they'd already put 300000 into the house uh, to build it. They were in it about $800,000. So the real estate agent called the bank, and she said, well, would you guys consider selling it? And the bank said, would you want to buy it? It's like a half-built home. And she said, well, I've got a builder, and maybe he wants to buy it. So anyways, they start talking, and she said, do you guys have a price? And so the guy says, oh, how about 400000 the bank said that. The bank said that. How about four hundred thousand? Right. And she said, "Well, four hundred thousand sounds reasonable." And the bank says, "But just so you know, you're you, you know, unless you have a guy that has the cash, you're not going to get any bank to lend you money on this. It's like a half-built home. Banks don't lend on half-built homes." So she grabbed the builder and she went around to a few of our local banks to see if anyone would give her a loan on this half-built home. Greg, and what do you think they said? Uh, no, <laughs> no, we don't lend on half-built right. homes, yes. right? And there's all kinds of problems with half-built homes. Yeah. And so anyways, somehow she's driving down the road, and they're all dejected because the builder really wanted the property. And she remembers she had heard this company, Legacy Capital, in Bellevue. And they did different kind of lending. So anyway, she picked up the phone. She called us up, and she got me on the phone. And so we chatted a little bit about it. And I said, why don't you come in and bring the builder in? So next thing you know, they showed up in our office. And they sat down and told me the whole story. And so the builder said, here's the deal. I build upper-end homes. I've got a couple homes going on right now. I could finish this home in three months and be done. And if we buy this at $400, it will only cost me $300 more to finish this. And I'm telling you, we'll sell this house at a million two, a million three all day long. Okay? So that if you do the math on that, they're in it maximum a million dollars. And they're going to sell this thing for a million two, a million three. That's good profit for a builder. Sure. Right there. You bet. And, and it doesn't take them long because the home's already half built. Right. And so anyways, but he said, here's my problem. I'm, I got two homes that I've just finished. I haven't sold them yet. All my money's tied up in those homes. So I have very little money right now to put into this deal. So I can do this deal, but I need you guys to lend me 100%. I need you to lend me all the money to buy the, buy the home right now and all the money to fix it. 100% is what banks really love to hear. Yeah. 100% on a half-built home. Yeah. And so anyways, we, we, we talked about it, and, you know, we, we don't lend 100%. That's not what we do. We need more collateral than 100%, and if we did that, we would probably lose money. So we're not, you know, we're not stupid. But 
as we were talking to him, I happened, one of the things is we were going over his real estate and he said, you know, well, I own a home not too far from there. And I, we asked, well, how much do you own that home? And he said, oh, I owe, you know, $200,000 on my home. We said, how much is your home worth? He said, it's worth about a million too. I got about a million dollars of work equity in that home. So lo and behold, we got an idea. And here's what the idea was. We made him that loan, that construction loan. We lent him the 400 to buy it and we lent him another 300 to finish it. Okay. And then what we did is that was basically 100% of what he's putting into it. But we cross collateralized that loan against his owner occupied home where he has a million dollars worth of equity. So we're really safe on this loan. We have a lot of collateral securing. Now, in that scenario, is he making payments? He's making payments. Yeah, yeah. He's making payments. Yeah. Uh, and so, anyways, but he's putting no money in himself as far as down payments right, on this yeah. deal. So he finishes the house in three months. He turns around and he sold the house at a million one five. Okay. And so, therefore, this guy walked away with a hefty profit in three months. Okay. The real estate agent was pretty happy because he bought it from the bank and she got it, the bank paid her a commission. And then he turned around three months later and he listed the thing and sold it for a million five and she listed it for him and got a commission on that as well. Okay. If there's anybody out there right now listening who's a real estate broker, that's the kind of thing we can do for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd love to help you with those sorts of things. So I think in this case, Greg, the guy cleared almost $400,000, the builder, yeah. on this one deal in three months. The agent made two commissions. And we were happy because we got, you know, a loan out of it as well, too. Sure. And course. we helped him do it. And, and we were collateralized and the whole way through. maybe a relationship with that real estate broker and that, that Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. So, and, yes. any other neat stories? <laughs> well, that's just one. And I know that one got kind of complicated. Yeah, uh, not too bad. One of the other ones I'd like to bring up is we have a number of clients that come to us that, you know, in this day and age, it's really tough for young people to buy a home especially in the Seattle market. Prices have gone up so much that it's just, it's really tough. And sometimes we have young couples or young individuals that are out there searching for a deal. They're trying to find a good deal. And, and sometimes, you know, when they're really diligent, they do find a good deal. But the problem is, you know, there's a lot of the young people today, they, they have pretty good jobs and they make pretty good money, but they haven't been able to save any money over time. You know, the, the, the younger crew today just doesn't have the savings that it would take to get into properties. But a lot of them have the income to afford the payment. So it gets to be a challenge. So, Greg, you know what they typically do for, you know, the, the younger generation that really wants to get in a house and they don't have the down payment? You know where they go? Mom and dad. They go to mom and dad. And mom and dad always want to help them out, right? Yeah. But mom and dad have a little problem with helping them out, too. And that is because what they do is they come to mom and dad and say, hey, I need to borrow $25,000 for a down payment on this house. I can afford the payments. And, you know, what my plan is, I'm going to live in it for a couple years. And then values will go up and I'm told I can refinance it and pull the money back out and give it back to you after a couple years. So I'm really just borrowing the money from you. And, Greg, do you know where that problem leads to? Hmm. Maybe they don't end up paying it back. Maybe or, they don't pay it back or one of values don't go up in the Well, that's always a challenge. Yeah, you know, you I mean, you never know how the market is, no. right? And so maybe the parents need to use that money during that time frame. Who knows? Exactly. Yeah. So there's a lot of problems. And the other thing is, and Greg, you know this for being a mortgage lender for so long, uh, you know, with a lot of, we call them first-time home buyers, there's programs out there for them, but they're, they're not allowed to borrow their down payment. No. Well, there are some exceptions. 
But the challenge is that they have demographics that you can't make a certain amount, uh, exceed a certain amount of income to, to qualify for them. Exactly. And that's a catch-22 because the income that's needed to, to buy – is, is, is more than the demog- than, well, than the guidelines will allow it's, a lot of times. It's, it's that, and it's just frowned upon somebody borrowing their down payment. They want them to save the down payment. So oh, what, yeah. what they will accept, though, is if your parents are willing to give you the money, and we call gift it to you, then sometimes under scenarios they like that better because they don't have to pay it back. But they want to believe that it's a gift. And so, Greg, you know what they require when they want to believe it's a gift? They want a letter signed by the parents that say it's a gift. Yeah. And that's a problem because a lot of times the parents, it's not a gift, it's a loan. And so I know when I bought my first house, I had to get a gift letter from my dad so that I could have enough for my down payment. And I told him I was going to pay him back. And he said, well, then why am I signing a gift letter? Yeah, people get confused about it. <laughs> and I said, well, yeah. the bank wants a gift letter. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. he says, well, I'm not going to sign a gift letter if it's not a gift. Yeah. so, well, the bank's not going to give me the loan if you don't sign the gift letter. Yeah, yeah, round okay. and round you round go. Round and round you go. Yep. So anyways, the purpose why I'm telling you this is it can be really challenging. So we have a scenario that's a little bit different. And we have young people that come in and they find a deal on a property and let's say they find a value value deal. So they went out and found a house that let's say it's uh, it's worth five hundred and fifty thousand. This area. Now, are you going to tell that, that? No, no. I'm just telling a story. A story. Yeah, this, yeah. Is, this isn't the specific no, no, one. No, no. So it's a five hundred and fifty thousand uh, dollar house, and and they they they're able to get it because they've been researching and shopping and trying to find the right deal. And let's say they can get it for four fifty. Okay. And because the problem, the property has some problems. Property maybe has some maintenance. It has some things that need to be fixed, right? And so it's not turnkey. It's, it's not. It's not real attractive. So there's some to most work buyers. to do yeah. on that house. Maybe let's say it's fifty thousand dollars worth of work. Mm-hmm. Okay, which and makes it less attractive to buyers. Absolutely, and also less attractive to banks. Exactly, it's yeah. a fixer. Yeah, fixer. So mm-hmm. they come to us with mom and dad, and they say, "Legacy, we want to borrow money from you, and we want to do one of those rehab loan deals." Right. Okay, because we need to put fifty thousand in. But here's the deal. Uh, my parents, they, they, they said they're willing to put a little money up for a short period of time, but they need their money back. They can't wait two years. They can't even wait one year. Right. They, they're willing to help me, but and they have money, but, but it goes. that's kind of the extent of it. So we have a program that's set up. So in that scenario, somebody could come in, and the parents would put up 10% of what the cost. So say $450,000 if that's what they were you know, buying the house at, Mm -hmm. parents would put up 10%, $45,000. And then Legacy would go ahead and we would lend them the money, the the, the $400,000, because we've got a property that is probably worth almost $550,000 at that time. So we have value in there, right? Right. And we'll lend them $400,000 and we're going to put the parents' money in an escrow account. It's not going in the deal. We're going to lend them the 400, and then we're going to put 50 in an escrow account, and we're going to give them an additional 50. So at the end of the day, they close on a house for 450000 of our money, but we've really only lent 400 because we have 50000 of their parents' money in escrow. Right, but you're giving them 450000 We're giving them 450. So now they're 100% they bought the house. Now they need 50000 of of, of uh, value to put into this thing. So we, we do the rehab for an extra 50000 and they fix the house up now, Okay. And remember, when they started, this house was worth five fifty. Now that they put the fifty in, it's worth let's just call it six hundred. Let's say they get dollar for dollar value, okay? Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you're following me, they have a loan of five hundred thousand now because we lent right. four fifty, right? And then we put fifty in, yep. so they have five hundred. Now, when everything's all done, we come back and we do what's called a rate term refinance. 
and we refinance their house. It appraises at six hundred, and we get them a five hundred thousand dollar loan at the best rates and terms out there on a long term mortgage. And they close they they close their refinance, and then they have one payment on one deal. They've put no money down, and mom and dad's money gets released back to them. I and love that, that whole, loan. That whole process takes about three months. And keep in mind, we're getting close to our to, to the end of the show here, but yeah. we talked about one, two, three types of lending. There's a fourth. Yes. Which is my department. Yes. Which is residential home lending. Absolutely. And so when you're ready to go get a loan, and th- that last scenario that Scott talked about. You need a permanent. You need a permanent loan, which would be get, we get through Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, standard lending channels. which 30-year fixed rate loan. Fixed rate and the normal type of competitive rates that you'll see advertised everywhere. Mm-hmm. In fact, we probably, without, you know, have... We probably beat about eighty as far as our rates and fees go. About eighty percent of the market out there. I think that's, we're that's, at the we're low. We're we're in the low end. Yep. And and that's just how we are because we have we're, we're we have so many different profit centers and we're relationship oriented. Well, the the, the piece and the reason we can, can be so competitive on our end mortgage loans is because if you notice that this scenario, we were doing loans all the way right. along the way. Right. So yep. we're getting more than one loan along the yes. way, which means we can charge less on the final loan. That's right. That's, yeah. That works for us. Yeah. And so it's it's a good model. I know it's a little complex for people, but you know what? If you're out there and you're thinking about investing in real estate, you want to get your kid a home loan, right? Right. You, you're, you're looking for that kind of stuff if you're a builder and you know, you're know you looking for fast money and you're looking for somebody that can help you evaluate deals or even a real estate agent. Oh, who, yeah. We'd love to have who, real estate agents help. come help. You, yeah. should, you should contact Legacy. Come in and meet us. See who we are. We, we have a lot of people in the greater Seattle area that, that do business with us, and we, our focus is the greater Seattle area. So we're, we're, that's where we do. We don't really go out of the state of Washington, and our focus is the greater Seattle area. And so we love to add business partners, and we love to explain our model and see how we can help people either create wealth in real estate or, or help agents make money, help builders find deals, all of that. That's what we're all about. We're all so I, I appreciate having you on the show. This is Scott Riruka, CEO of Legacy Group Capital. My name is Greg McKim. I'm the vice president of residential mortgage lending at Legacy Group Capital. You're listening to Home Talk with Greg McKim. I air each Tuesday from 3 to 4 here on 1150 AM KKNW. Next week, my guest will be a home inspector, Reed Guthrie. Reed has been inspecting homes now for about 30 years. And we'll just talk about the ins and outs, things you should or shouldn't look for from a home inspector, the kinds of things that they turn up. Hopefully we won't get into any of those really terrible stories when they're crawling through a crawl space and we won't go to that yucky stuff. No, no. It's not a job I'd like to do, man. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Those home uh, inspectors, they see a lot. They they earn every dime that they, that they, that they, that they, um, they they earn their money, let's put it that way. So Nathan, how are we doing on time? Got about a minute left here. About a minute left. Scott? Um, I, anything else you'd like to, to, to share with the viewing audience? Yeah. I, you I mean, know, a listening audience? I, I, again, I just, you know, there's a lot of people out there, Greg, that want to make money in real estate. Yeah. We happen to be in one of the best markets in the United States of America right here. True. And our population growth is number one for the top 50 cities. Uh, we talked about that, I think, on your last episode. Yep. Uh, we have more people coming to this area than almost any large city in the United States of America. And, you know, I always tell young people this, too. If you want to get involved in real estate, start checking out your avenues. Don't stay off to the side, because if you think real estate's expensive now, wait five years from oh, now yeah. and see what it's going to be. Compare this market right now to San Francisco. Oh, yeah. And that's where we're headed. 
I can tell you, Greg, it seemed like yesterday when I bought a home for $410,000 and everyone looked at me like, you must be crazy oh, spending I, that much oh, money yes, on a yes, home. It yeah. was when no one spent, 400000 was a mansion. Right, right. And now what can you get for 400000 oh, right? I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Well, again, appreciate you being on. Thank you Thank very Thank you much. for listening to Home Talk. Greg McKim, each Tuesday from 3 to 4 here on 1150 AM KKNW. Have a great week, and we will talk next week at the same time, same bat station.